0: Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8 says, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And I know in times like this, my, my own words feel very inadequate. And so I like that we can go to the word of God and find something eternal and something with promise. I, uh, I remember so many times watching Jeff uh, picking up the blue Bibles in front of you and trying to find the right place. I, I've had this habit in my sermons. I don't just give the scripture that we're going to, but I always give the page number. And he said, thank you for giving me the page number, because it meant an awful lot that he could, he could get there just by looking at the page number. I, get, I don't have page numbers for you today, but I'd like to share you through these words. These are from Jesus in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. After sharing a meal with his friends, he told them this. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. These are the words of Isaiah from Isaiah chapter 49, verses 13 through 16. I want to share this passage because this is the passage that I read uh, the day that Jeff got baptized. It was a passage that we had had talked about a lot of issues that he had and some concerns that he had and... uh, And it just seemed very appropriate what God says about how God does not forget us. Isaiah 49, sing for joy, O heavens, and exult, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. But Zion said, well, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget. Yet I will not forget you. And God says, behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. And then these are the words from Revelation 21, verses 1 through 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he also said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Let's pray. Father, in our loss and in our grief, we've come to your word. Knowing that your words are eternal and trusting that as overwhelming as our grief can be, even though your grace is, through your grace, grief is temporary and will be replaced with hope through your love. We thank you today for Jesus' promise that he is preparing a place for us in your house. We find peace in the promise from Isaiah that you have not forgotten us you will never forget us that we are engraved on the palms of your hands and as we turn to revelation we find what is currently for us the unimaginable promise of a day coming without grief without tears without sickness no cancer no pain that will no longer be part of our experience until that day we hold on to you we hold on to each other Bless us as we mourn today that we might feel your comfort and the comfort of your spirit, the comfort of those around us. We thank you for Jeff. We come honoring his life, honoring you as the giver of life, honoring your son Jesus as the redeemer of life. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It was about six years ago that one Saturday morning Jeff ended up on my porch he was going through a very difficult time, and he showed up on my porch in tears, and we talked, and I encouraged Jeff as best I could, but everything I said just seemed to fall off. It just didn't really seem to impact him. He just, he seemed absolutely hopeless in that moment, and so there on my porch, we talked and put my hand on his shoulder, and we prayed, and as he was leaving, he said, I'll be in church tomorrow." And I thought to myself, yeah, right. Because you have to understand, I have hear that a lot from people. I'll be in church tomorrow, and then you never see him. Something comes up tomorrow. Tomorrow came, and there he was. And Junior, Junior, and Missy were both with him, flanking him on both sides. And I thought, well, my goodness, he's here. And I thought to myself, to be completely honest, well, I won't see him next Sunday. He was here the next Sunday. He was here every, I think he was here more often than I was. And then he became this very constant presence here. Jeff was part of our Sunday school class. He was part of our worship services. He would come on the, on the Tuesday evening men's meetings. He was always here. He was here Wednesday evenings. He was here Wednesday for the youth lunches. Uh, Jeff would be here for just about anything. It might surprise you, the one thing I could not get him to show up for was potluck's. That would surprise me that Jeff didn't want to come to potlucks. And I would invite him, come to the potluck. And Jeff would say, no, I didn't bring anything. And I said, well, you come be my guest. I brought too much food. You be my guest. He says, no, I don't want to eat your food. You're, you, you cook spicy stuff. Like, you don't have to eat my food. You can eat anybody's food. I think I got him talked into coming to one or two potlucks after that. It was so hard for me to imagine that Jeff was going to be here every sunday and right now it is hard for me to imagine that he won't be that he won't be a part of what we do jeff would show up he would volunteer he would serve he became part of the fabric of this church and i am going to miss him but i realize also that he has been received into jesus's kingdom and whereas before when he was On my porch, he seemed hopeless. He has now received his hope in full. Uh, His hope has become sight. There's a story that Jesus tells in Matthew 25 about a man who had three servants. He gives each one of them a a measure of his wealth, some money called talents. And he goes away for a while. And I want to just share part of that story with you. It's in Matthew 25, beginning in verse 15, verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To the one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five more talents. So also the one who had two talents made two talents more. But the one he had given one talent to went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money, The first words you hear when you enter into heaven are, I don't know what God says to you, what Jesus says to you, but I have to think that it's similar to those words spoken to that servant. I have to think that on some level, what Jeff heard as he entered the kingdom for eternity was well done, good and faithful servant. I believe Jesus I believe Jeff heard Jesus say the words, well done. The the parable tells us that the master's going away on a journey, so he entrusts his property with three servants, giving each one of them according to his ability. Two of the servants take his property and and the, the talents, and they invest them, and they gain an increase. And the master's response to those two servants is, well done. You've done what I hoped you would do. Perhaps even you've done according to what I gave you, the ability that you had. You've done what I knew you could do jeff had to be one of the most particular people i ever knew that's probably not surprising to any of you kids he could be very particular about things certain things had to be done and they had to be done the right way jeff mowed the lawn for the of the church for a while Uh, well i should say missy and jeff jr mowed the lawn jeff's kind of supervised he did it too of course but he was very meticulous about how the lawn had to be done. We've got this narrow strip out here on the east side. Very, very narrow strip of lawn. Jeff insisted that you mow diamonds into that strip. And he told me he made sure that they never, they never went over in the same spot twice. He didn't want the wheels touching the same spot twice. Never the same path. But uh, he wanted it done right. He wanted you to do it right. Jeff was here quite a bit. He would always stop in for a visit. He'd stop in to share some news. Uh, I could hear the door open and I could hear his feet and the cane. And I knew Jeff was coming down the hallway. We, we talked a lot. Um, one of the first things that Jeff said when he started coming here, he said in no uncertain terms, he said, I'll attend church. I will serve. I will do what I can. But you are not going to baptize me because he was terrified of water. And he said, I am not getting under the water. There's no way I'm letting anyone put me under the water. And I said, okay, Jeff, we'll, we'll worry about that when it comes. Don't worry about it right now. The master says to his servant, well done. And then he calls the servant. He calls the servant good and faithful. The master's off on a journey, so he's leaving these servants in charge. The servants have every opportunity to kick back and be lazy. and No one's watching them. But he calls the servants good and faithful because they continued to serve. They knew the heart of the master. They knew what he valued. And they were committed to that. Even when the master wasn't looking, they were faithful. And it wasn't long after Jeff started attending here. That he started volunteering he threw himself into into serving he would come on wednesdays and help with the youth lunches the prayer lunches that we would have jeff became our bus driver for the church bus not only that but he became the guy who did the maintenance and the upkeep made sure the bus was licensed made sure the tires were were good and and, you know it wasn't just here but in our community jeff was a big part of host host is an organization that supports our school the teachers and the students Jeff was a a big part of that. that. There were things that got done in our church and in our community because Jeff did them. And Jeff did them well. Good and faithful. Listening to the kids the other day, they have stories of Jeff being good and faithful. Him attending every game. Heather wrote, he made sure to show up. And to some that might not seem like much, but to me it was a lot. He was at games, award ceremonies, plays, banquets. He was just always there. Faithfulness is not easy. Faithfulness requires something of us, something more from us. It requires a commitment that goes way beyond what we want to do to something that we tell ourselves we have to do. About a year after Jeff was here, he brought up baptism again. And he said, well, I might get baptized someday. So I don't know. We'll think about it. And I said, okay, don't, no rush. Just whatever you want to do, we'll, we'll talk about it. The master says to the servants, Well done, good and faithful servants. And then he extends an invitation to the good and faithful. He says, Enter into the joy of your master. I love that expression in this passage enter into the joy of your master not enter into the work, not enter into the labor. The work is done, the labor is over. The servants have shared in the master's wealth and in his work, and now it's time to rest, to share in the master's joy. Something that, that you and I should recognize for ourselves is that sharing in joy is part of faithfulness. I think Jeff understood that. When I think of Jeff, I realize there's something our church did that was right with him. We, we did some very right things with him. Jeff came to us in need. He came to us feeling hopeless, not knowing where to turn. We not only gave him a place to sit on Sunday mornings. Uh, we not only gave him a place to come and worship. We gave him a place to serve and be useful. But then there was so much more. Jeff did something that is so hard to find So hard to talk people into doing. He took ownership of the things that he did. They were his jobs. It became Jeff's bus. That was his bus that he went and took care of. I was telling the kids the other day, two weeks ago after church, I made tacos at the end of church. And we all met out in the parking lot and made tacos. Now, somehow, a few years ago, Jeff had talked our trustees into buying a grill, a gas grill, a big one, a really nice gas grill. And that was so he could make burgers for the kids and and, uh, for for dinners that we were having. And I knew, even though he'd been sick and hadn't been here for a while, I knew I didn't dare touch that grill without getting Jeff's permission. And so I called Jeff up one day. I said, hey, I'm going to make tacos after church. Can I use your grill? He says, well, of course you can use the grill. I said, okay, is there anything I need to know? He told me where all the utensils were. He told me that the gas cylinder was probably full. He said it was full the last time, uh, last time he changed it. He, he put a new one on there. He said, it should be fine. It should be ready to go. Uh, I was so careful moving. I had to move it all the way from back there, all the way through the building, just you know, really, really cautious. I popped the top open and it looks like it's never been used before. He had cleaned it so well It doesn't look like that now, okay? Because I I cleaned it as best I could, but I'm no Jeff Simons when it comes to doing stuff like that. But it was important to me to to ask him, can I use your grill? We gave Jeff a place to serve. He found purpose in that, and it became his. I think you hear something of that in Jesus' words from that master. Enter into the joy of your master. This becomes your joy as well. We've already mentioned Jeff. You know, we could talk about Jeff's joy, and that would be right here. Many of you, you are, you are Jeff's joy. We've already mentioned how he attended every game. He went to the banquets. He was always there. He took, he took pride in you all. We would talk. He took so much pride in who you, who you are, who you become. He would brag about you. Junior, he bragged about your cooking all the time. I mean, he wouldn't eat my stuff, but you apparently could do no wrong. You know how to cook everything. He would brag about the games and the activities you were in, the things you did. And then when the grandkids came along, uh, there was a lot more bragging going on. That was nothing compared to Bo the dog, though, because Bo the dog loved Bo the dog. And you kids were the biggest part of his life. Uh, you were constantly in his thoughts. And, and I, I love how you cared for him. And I, I think it, it changed him. I think specifically, Missy and and Jeff Jr. The way you came to church with him, you didn't let him do that by himself. You you came with him. And so when when Jeff finally asked me, "How are we going to get How are we going to get me baptized?" We had to come up with a plan. Um, first of all, I wasn't sure how well we were going to get him down in there to start with. I said uh, we got to come up with a plan, and it became very apparent that he was not still not going to let me hold him under water. I think he thought I would just leave him under the water. I don't know. So Missy and Jeff both wanted to get baptized also. Hannah was working with us that summer. And so one day we all met here. We had the baptistry filled. We baptized, I don't know what the order was, we baptized Missy. We baptized Jeff. You may have seen the picture up there. Um, we didn't think it was a good idea to have both Jeffs down there in that tub at one time. I'm not sure how much weight it holds, but you know we wanted to be really cautious about that. But Missy and, uh, and Hannah uh, helped Jeff into the water, and we helped Jeff into the water, and and they were able to baptize Jeff that day. Your father overcame a huge fear because he knew he needed something else in his life. He, he overcame a huge fear to make a huge commitment. And one of the reasons he was able to overcome that fear was because you were there with him. And all, all of you meant so much to him. You, know, you were all there. Don't you think that there are other people in our lives? They have fears. They have those moments of hopelessness. And they just need someone to come alongside them. They just need someone who will be there with them when they're facing that big challenge, someone to love them through their struggle. And as we do that, maybe, maybe they can find a place to, to serve. Maybe they can find a place to be valued. And because we serve with them, we become value, we we vow because we value them. And together, we might hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your master. Jeff went from hopeless to hope, and now his hope has become sight, and he is healed, he is whole. Let's honor him by holding on to our hope together. Let's pray again. Father, your son Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And I thank you that Jeff knows you and that you know him. We thank you also that our good shepherd has many sheep. I thank you for the sheep found in this family, this the faith that is here. I ask your blessing on them in this time of loss. Father, grief, grief comes in waves. It comes with the best memories, not the worst. Grief comes on holidays and birthdays and remembrances. And it often steals our joy. So in those moments, fill us with your joy. Remind us that in eternity, Jeff is unencumbered by his struggle. He has no pain. Cancer is gone. And all that's left is your joy. And most of all, Lord, today we thank you for your son, Jesus, who opened the way for us to know you. We thank you for the presence of your spirit as our comforter. Guide us in your comfort. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.